Oh, today, today we've been praying about, we've been thinking about, we've been uh, anticipating for, for a while now. Um, and I wanted to thank our office staff, specifically Gene, uh, Gina, Mitch. Um, they they kind of helped design this new baptistry uh, update, and Ronnie and Katie did a lot of the lighting here. And I tell you, it's beautiful, isn't it? We've got some great people here. This is a good day. Um, it's seen already a few baptisms so far, and today there will be more. If you're visiting, I don't normally preach from the baptistry, just to let you know. But today's special. Um, now granted, our baptistry is always open, each and every day. If you want to be baptized, we're ready. The water is always ready. But for a while now, God has been putting it on my heart to spend a Sunday focused specifically on baptism. And I think it's important. I believe, though, that by spending some time in the water here today, my hope is that some of you may want to join me. Not only me, but join God himself in this water. The water's warm. It's ready. So if at any time today you are feeling this urge that you have yet to be baptized and you want today, you want it to happen today, this is the, this is the moment. Um, if you're a man, you can go through this door. If you're a woman, you can go right through this door. And if, uh, if, if they don't know where to go, we may need some people to help direct them. And if you want to be more discreet about it, we've got some elders. Just find them, find any of our people with a big name badge. Have you seen the big name badges yet? You can't miss them. Find one of them, and they'll find a more discreet way back here. I know that some of you are wavering, and you're right there. Today's the day. Today is the day. It's a call to everyone, really, but I'm not the first one to stand in the water and call for people to come. You know, a long time ago, close to the turn of the century, in 1900, there was a man several men who stood in the river of our own city calling for people to come. I feel privileged to be involved, to be able to stand in the line of such great servants of God, people who have devoted their lives to serving such beautiful people here. But there was another man also who stood in the river and called for people to come. His words were forceful, they were loud, they were unlike anything people had ever heard before. He stood there and his words had an honesty, a, um, a force behind them. And those who gathered to, to hear him were there partly to listen, they were there partly because they were wanting to be curious about what was being said, partly because they just... He thought the words he was speaking was the very words of God himself. And the words, they were new. You know, he was offering something like hope and forgiveness and, and a chance to experience God's arrival, which was coming. God was coming. And when he did, everything would be made right again. Every ditch filled in. Every bump smoothed. Every rut paved over release from slavery release from bondage 
just as their ancestors had been released from bondage. And the way forward through that was was through baptism. Baptism for the forgiveness of sins. So as people stood there listening, they were moved to respond, and life after life was brought near to God. And people were responding to this man's call to come and join him in the water. People came, and then so did God. God in the flesh himself, through Jesus Christ, joined John in the water. And he allowed John to baptize him, even though John says, no, 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 you should be baptizing me. I mean, the one righteous person in the world, the one who didn't even need forgiveness of sins, the one who submitted to John so that his ministry could begin, so that he could fulfill all righteousness. Hey, would you mind turning that light back on for me? Thanks. You just turn that light back on. The thing is, is that baptism did not begin with John. It's been practiced for thousands of years. The baptistries that the Jews would use were called mikvahs. And there was a mikvah in every community, one or two. There were mikvahs all around the temple in front of a lot of the entrances. It was a ritual that they would perform so that they could be pure. They could be clean before they entered the temple. And it was most times full immersion. Some scholars actually say that that whenever you would see people enter the Temple Mount, specifically Jewish men and women, they would either be wet or damp as they were walking through the gates because that was part of their ritual. Now, what was different is this, that baptism would forgive, that they would actually be baptized by someone because they'd been doing it on their own for so long, and being baptized in the name of Yeshua. That was new. People knew about immersion, but baptism, it, in this moment, it's, it's not just going to keep you clean for a little while. We're talking, we're talking clean forever. And Jesus did this so he could fulfill all righteousness. So imagine this. Submission, it's not an easy choice, is it? Because even though we know we are making, well, not making the best choices for our life, even though we know that, we still continue to choose for ourselves. We still continue to make choice after choice. You know, to allow someone else control over me is not a natural choice. The natural choice would be to save ourselves. The natural man or woman inside of us, well, they choose things that are going to best serve us. They choose, as we have heard this whole uh, past month, they choose self-centered things. You know, given a choice between submission and control, what are we going to choose? We're going to choose control, aren't we? The natural man will choose control every single time. But where does our nature lead us? Where do those choices lead us? Does it lead us to peace or to joy or to love or otherness? No, our nature, our true nature leads us to one place, and that is death. 
Death is all it knows. It's all it knows. And whenever we do everything we can to save our own life, we're going to lose it, y'all. When you're fighting and clawing, trying to save yourself, make yourself comfortable, make sure you have enough, make sure you're this, make sure you're that, everything you work for is nothing. It's going to be gone. Because that's all the nature knows, is how to use and consume, and that leads to death. We're going to lose it anyway, and we know no one's righteous, not one single person. Not one single person can, remember our definition for sin or for righteousness, our, no one will be able to do what's right and what is just for all our relationships regardless of the circumstances. We choose what is right and just for us. That's the natural way. So when we're showed our self, when we become self-aware and we're showed, shown just how deadly our self-centered path is, we're faced with a choice. We can keep walking down this wide path that leads to death, or we can allow someone to lead us to the only way that leads to life. Our nature does not know the way to life, no matter how smart we think we are. We're lost on our own. So what we have to do, back to the submission thing, is we have to submit to someone who knows the way. We have to allow someone to help lead us there. But before we go, before we follow that natural part of ourself, it has to die. The Spirit that's been calling the shots up to this point, it has to die. It cannot come. It cannot follow the way to life. So what we're going to have to need, what we're going to need is we're going to need a new spirit. We're going to need a new life. And the only way to get that new spirit and that new life is to allow God to give it to you. Amen? to place his spirit inside of us. But before he can do that, we need to be clean. Water's always been the source of cleaning. This is baptism, and whenever you step into this water, you do so knowing that your natural self is about to die. You do so knowing that God is about to put his spirit inside of you because you are stepping into a brand new story, but it's also a very old story. We're not only saved from death, hear me, we're not only saved from death, we're saved into something amazing. We're saved into a family. We're saved into life. And the choice is not just for you. It's for all those around you. It's for all those that come after you. We were talking with Cliff this past week and he was telling us about his baptism. Hope you're okay, I'm telling the story. He said he was the first one in his family to get baptized. And after him, his brothers, his sister, his mother, his father. I tend to think that choice did not just affect Cliff Fridge. His choice has now spawned generations of believers. 
the choice we make is not just for you. It's for all those who come after you. (laughs) I guess that goes both ways. The choices you make don't just affect you. They will affect all those who come after as well. Because our, our choices have consequences, even for those yet unborn. What I love is that whenever you choose to be baptized, whenever you choose to follow God with everything you are, you are stepping into a brand new story. You are, you are choosing to turn away from the things that are leading us away from God, away from life, and we are choosing to embrace Jesus and identify with him for everyone else to see. He washes us clean. He forgives our sins, our, our, our sins past, present, and future. He washes us. He gives us a new spirit, and according to Revelation 2, 17, he's going to give us a brand new name how cool is that gonna be this is what we do today and it isn't optional did you know that for Paul the apostles and those early Christians we talk about so much baptism was assumed it was a given whenever you chose to follow you got baptized It was a given. There was little to no, if any, argument over whether or not you should do it. Now, we've we've kind of started to really butcher this whole argument about what it means to be essential. We're cutting it down and trying to... Listen, guys, it's just assumed. It's a given. Paul would would have laughed if he had said, if someone had said, should I get baptized? I don't think it's really important. He would have laughed at you. Because for him, it was a no-brainer. His Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. It was the what you did. So when Paul talks about baptism, especially especially in all of his little letters, he's talking to people that he assumes has already been baptized. So listen to Romans chapter 6. This is what he says. He says, since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. In verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in us. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ... We were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. And when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. God does something amazing through this ordinary water. He allows our stories to merge with His, regardless of our age. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to baptize a 92-year-old man who could not leave his home. I baptized him in his tub. And you know what? That wasn't the end. That was just the beginning. We look at baptism as a period. No. 
Baptism is the beginning. It was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Baptized, and then we hear about everything he did. Baptism is the beginning. So, so after a month-long look at sin, we know that without Jesus' sacrifice, without his death, without his burial, and without his resurrection, we would be hopeless. So what we do is we enter this water and we submit as Christ submitted himself to death. We allow ourselves to be put under the water as Christ allowed himself to be put into the tomb. And we allow ourselves to be raised up out of the water as Christ was raised up out of the tomb through the power of God himself. When Jesus came up, what did he have? A new identity, a new body. Death could never touch him again. We do this because we are choosing a brand new life. We are choosing to be like Christ in all things so that he can forgive us, so that he could give us new life, and that he could give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what a gift it is to be able to see the world through the eyes of God. Oneness. One with God. It's time. Our fourth and fifth graders are coming in because they're going to watch some people get baptized today. And I'm going to make another plea. It's time. We have some people who've already chosen and they're going to come here in a moment. But I'm going to give you another opportunity. If you, if you want to get baptized, now's the time. I'll be here in the water. The water is fine. Brian, are you ready? We have a few people who are going to be baptized today. It's a good day. I have the privilege today, my son came to me, and um, he didn't talk to me about any of this, but he said, um, we, we've been talking for a few years, he's been interested, and anyway, he came up to me and he says, Dad, I want to get baptized on Baptism Sunday. I said, are you sure? And we've been talking for a while about it, and so anyway, I'm very excited. It's a very, very good day for me. Um, I want to tell you, what did you find out about, um, about your uh, grandfather, Daddy, this week? Yeah, baptized in the Concho River right here. And how old was he? Um, I can't remember. He's, he was 11, just like you. <laughs> this is a good, you know, the thing is, is that you're following in somebody's footsteps here. You're stepping into a new story, and the story is, is, is of Liv. story is of Shelly, me, your grandparents, and all these people here. You know, you're stepping into a really big story here, and so I want you to remember that. And so in those days that are to come, remember your baptism. Remember what God's about to do. He's putting a whole new spirit in you. And he's going to help you see the world through his eyes. Okay? So I'm going um, to ask you a couple questions and take your confession, okay? Okay, you ready? Um, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God? Absolutely. Do you believe that Jesus died, that he rose again, and that he's coming one more time to bring us all home? Do you believe that from this moment on, the Holy Spirit will be inside of you? Yes. All right. Well, because of that confession, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay? You ready? Okay, you want to hold your nose? All right, here we go. <laughs> I love you, brother. All right. 
no, you can go this way. That's okay. There's a bat. There's a town. Oh, okay. Hang on a sec. His mom's right here, and she wants to hug him too. We'll let you hug her in a second. God is good. Um, any more in there? Okay. I'm going to be in here for a little bit. Um, we're going to sing, and uh, if you want to come, I'll be here. So God be with you guys. This is a good day. Um, the water is always ready. Salvation is ready. Forgiveness is here. All you have to do is decide to follow. Amen. Let's sing.